Two unemployed actors. Two unemployed actors. They're just between projects. Welcome back to Two Unemployed Actors. I'm Max. I'm Sam. I introduced the world to Bob. Bob, who I promoted to marketing director and then he died. Bob the fish, yeah. Wait, did I see him alive? Yeah. Oh, no. He's, uh, he didn't make it. I, I went to the pet shop and because I wanted to get you named your fish Bob. all the right That's things. Hilarious. You know, the, the stuff to clean the water conditioner, the food. They said to me, wait a minute, you, you've got a heater, haven't you? I said, no. What? For your fish? It's a tropical fish. Oh, no. But I mean, you need a heater? Like, oh, it's winter. Oh. I've got, oh, okay, well, I better get a heater. You got home and it was... I think I cooked him. Are you serious? Well, well I don't know. I've, I bought a thermostat as well because they, they just played on this whole guilty dad moment, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm I, I, I'm depriving him of a of, of all his potential oh, no. and his happy existence because they didn't treat the water properly and it's not warm. So I came home with a heater, or a thermostat, a, I'm, I don't know, I'm an easy target in the pet pet store. Yeah, he, a couple of days later, he was sort of swimming a bit slowly, and then uh, poor Bob. I've got to go and uh, find a new marketing director now. Bob 2.0. He was great. Like, we, we had many moments when I was doing voiceovers. I'd sort of project my voice to Bob. I mean, otherwise, I'm just talking to the funny lines on the software. And um, What sort of fish yeah. was it? Uh, a live one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of those tropical fish. You know the better fishes? B-E-T-T-A. Not like... Like better than fish. the other ones. Well, I think they were. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so and you can get them in the little, comes with a little light. It's got little plants in there. Plants are doing well. <laughs> Bob, Bob, not so good. So I've got to go back to the pet store and get a new marketing director. Okay. It's on my list of things to do. And and, and uh, have a moment of silence for Bob. Poor Bob. Maybe. Oh, I can't believe I killed him. Oh it's supposed God. to be pretty hard to kill. How long did you have him for? Do you say it's hard to kill? I don't know. I think tropical fish are a bit more, I was going to say temperamental, but I know the attitude seemed fine. Um, a bit more, it's like a bit more harder to look after because you know you've got to treat the water a bit yeah, okay. more or something. I don't know. I probably should find out though before I mm. expose Bob two point to the same fate. Yeah, because then I'll be a serial killer. How hot was the water? Did you boil it? Uh, twenty one degrees. I think it's supposed to sit at twenty four. Oh, I got to according to the thermostat that was dollar fifty. It was <laughs> nineteen degrees or something. I don't know. It was probably inaccurate. And it was a little tiny twenty dollar heater. I don't know. Do you just get I like a miniature human heater? Maybe he was sick. They saw me a sick one. What am I supposed to do? Look for a heartbeat? I don't know. Take, take his temperature? You know, like, have you ever... You probably you obviously have, probably. I don't know. Here we go. I'm going to ask you. But, what what I do? Um, Like, microphones Rep- under the shirt. Mic? Like, for f- mm. filming stuff. Mm. Have you ever worn the belt? You know, the, like, the weird Velcro belt? No. Maybe Wrench to hide it in pockets. and Well, if you're doing lots of jumping up and running and stuff, you're probably... Yeah. Yeah. It's better if you can just shove it in your pocket or something. Mm. The pack in musical theater, especially. Right. You get like this belt around your waist. Yeah. And it's so uncomfortable. Like it's tight and it's well, velcro. That's, that's a, the benefit is you know it makes you look like you got your six pack and you're in shape. No, it just makes you, you, you tighten up a little more and and yeah. Oh, oh I suppose you do need to sing though and take a big breath for singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you probably don't want to pass out at that point. Yeah, exactly. Hit half the note but half the, the time. The velcro sometimes like overlaps and then scratches and rubs on your back oh it's so bad it's so bad you i was talking to are you are such a drama queen 
You're up on stage. Uh, what, you've what, got the part. You you're in a musical. It's probably you and someone else, and, and you're worried about the Velcro. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I'm not coming out of my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll know not to call so you if I need the, to come cold or anything. I'll give, you, I'll give you a pep talk. Yeah, call me. Oh, the Velcro's rubbing again. Okay. I know what to say. I can't repeat it on the podcast. <laughs> Just a series of beeps. Have you ever had a moment where it cuts out, like where... There's a tech failure or something and you... Yeah. What, on our podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, I get final edit on our podcast so I can get rid of all our Max's mistakes and just leverage yours. No, have you had a moment where like we're singing and the mic's like... I suppose the show has to go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens all the time. They're really delicate and stuff. You are as a person or... Both the mics and me, yes. <laughs> no, when it when it's it's so delicate that when it cuts out and I'm so delicate, I start falling. <laughs> no, it sometimes cuts out, and then you know, audience can obviously tell, but you just got to yeah. project more and yeah. hope yeah. that yeah. someone turns that back on, or when you go off, someone tries to fix it, or you swap it out. Or actually, that reminds me, I was in I was in Greece in year ten, the musical Greece. Yeah, uh-huh. it was good fun. I started singing. I f- sung verse two before I sung verse one of my song, just to mix it up. Yeah, I just wanted a bit of excitement, you know. It's the remix. I want to add my Sam take yeah, to things. You know, God, it was so bad because I was like, ah, oh, halfway through. But you had to, you committed. You had to keep going. Yeah, I like kind of turned around and was like pretending to dance. I was like, uh, uh, like trying to get the lyrics in my head. It was so awkward. At that point, I wished I didn't have a mic at all. <laughs> Do you think many people would have noticed? I mean, obviously the cast, everyone but, noticed, and the crew, and probably anyone who knows a Grease song. So basically, everyone noticed. Yeah, okay. I had an audition yesterday. It was for a Hungry Jacks kind of commercial, but also to be the ambassador of Hungry oh, Jacks as well. Hungry Jacks ambassador. Yeah, I don't know. If I can say too much, but I had to kind of do a mock interview right. with the celebrity because that's what yep. I'll be doing if I get the part, kind of okay. creating content and then being part yep. of the yep. commercial and all that. But it was so weird. Really? It was so weird. It was so awkward because just you in a room with a chair talking to an invisible person. <laughs> so there were like two casting agents and then uh, casting directors and then an actor playing the person the I'm celebrity. interviewing, and we were just bouncing off each other, kind of like this. Okay, but. Oh, well, you've been practicing. Like, this, yeah, this, exactly. This I have chemistry with you. Like, easy for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't know this woman and like it was, yeah, <clears throat> really weird. Some people are really good at improvising. And sure, yeah. I mean, every actor has some sort of level of improvisation skills. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so much better with the script. Like script, dialogue, stage directions. Tell me where yeah. to be. Tell me you where like to, to stand. Know everything that's going on. Yeah, and, if and then I'll build the character. Yeah. Yeah. But just tell me where to go and what to say. <laughs> well, you know, because I'm the same. I can feel more comfortable when mm. you, you know as much as you can about what's going on and what you're about to walk into. And, yep. and which can, the flip side is it can make some auditions a bit more nerve wracking in that because mm. you don't know so much. You're walking in, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah. It's kind of out of your control to a certain extent. I mean, there's things you can do to make you feel better. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I did a, a comedy masterclass with Darren Gulshanen. Okay. And uh, great actor, great comedian, and all of a sudden, um, I'm there improvising, and he's right. teaching me sort of techniques like, well, the physicality is great, but maybe hold the fall, don't actually fall, but be about to fall because that's funnier, and all these little <laughs> tips and tricks like that, and and then you act out scene, just it's just, and we're feeding off each other. It was a couple, I was paired up with someone, and we're just sort of feeding off each other. After that, I did the, uh, my second Anthony Brandon Wong workshop, okay. and uh, got paired with uh, a great actor, Dane Noonan. A lot of the prep before we got into our scene yeah. was Anthony just throwing out 
scenes for us just to feed off each other and just ad lib, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm yelling at him and he's doing something wrong and then I'm coming up with some other thing. And we, like, and we just keep going. Everyone's just laughing. We just keep feeding. So I think the more I do it, the more I force myself out of my comfort zone That's true. into the improvising world, yeah. the world of improv, it, it, I feel more comfortable with that. I was okay yeah. to say, yeah, I can. You know, whereas at the start of the Darren's workshop, mm. you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm that guy that I don't want to... <laughs> I don't like improv, you know. I mean, me ad lib, ad lib's really fun, and I guess it's it's really well. No, I guess it is really important. Yeah. With acting, once you know your character really well, you know their you know backstory, you know them inside mm. and out, mm. blah blah blah. You can then ad lib over the guidelines slash script you've been given, yeah. and that's cool and that's fun because that's your creative freedom and all that. But complete improvisation with a scene it's fun but it's daunting and yep. i'm an actor so give me direction yep. Yep. sort of thing i got some feedback too because last week i went to tv talks oh yeah and a lot of heavy hitting producers from networks we did we did talk about reality tv versus scripted drama but i one interesting tidbit was um like ninja warrior it costs something like 15 to 20 mil to put something like that on oh my god even more at times depending on the format and yeah. um if they muck it up well it could be a hundred over a hundred million dollar mistake because you've got all these corporate sponsors tying in to the format mm. and the actual ad spots and all the flow on extra publicity stuff as well that they sell as a package. Yeah. So if it falls flat and you don't get over that million viewers, which is their benchmark for success, you need to do make goods for all those sponsors. They didn't get value for money. So you've yeah, effectively right. wasted that period of time for sponsorship oh, dollars God. and you've got to do make goods for them up to that value so it can be very very expensive if yeah, you make wow. it well yeah promoting is is massive like you can have the best show the best actors best cast blah 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 um but if you don't promote it no yeah. one will know about it but talking <laughs> talking about promoting uh that play i saw puffs that it yes. took us a half an hour to or it took yeah. me half I an just hour to get i just don't understand <laughs> The puffness. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway, that play, um, yeah, it just wasn't promoted properly. Right. Um, advertised, it wasn't anything. Jess and I only heard about it through... It was at Fox Studios and we saw posters of it at Fox Studios. Right. That's the only way we heard about it. Yeah, so pretty much um, got to fall over the yeah, stage. They to, didn't make a profit. Yeah. Like, you know, they had some empty seats. But it kind of grew near the end, but it was too late by then. They've gone to Brisbane now, Melbourne now or something like that. Okay. But it's just... That, that it was amazing, so good, so funny. Harry Potter is massive, so this little spoof kind of spin-off of it would you'd think would be big. yeah, makes sense. And it was good, but it was just because it wasn't advertised, and that's right. how important that is. That's so. tough. Maybe they went over budget somewhere and had to cut maybe publicity. Just- it's sort of the last the last piece of the pie. And yeah. if you're over in certain areas, yeah. it's it's sort of too easy to cut. But yeah. you're right; it's so important. Yeah, this is arguably. I, I, this is this is arguable, I guess, but um, you can argue with yourself if you yeah, <laughs> like actor the actors and the cast should be promoting as well. Yeah, it's not sure in in a big budget thing, it's not their job, but it benefits you. It, it benefits Absolutely. you. Yeah, it gains that's right. From the more it, people so. that see you performing. Yeah, um, the better for you, and I think absolutely you should be publicising yeah. it. It's and hard when you're working on projects that you can't talk about at the moment, like in world of TV and film and that. But absolutely, yeah. you take yeah. the shots, you get clearance, and then after when it's yeah. released, you go for, go to town. Hundred percent, and performing in front of like, especially in theatre. Well, only in theatre, really, I guess. But performing in front of like an empty theatre 
it's so nerve-wracking. So Turn up the stage of, light so I can't see anything. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, yeah. I'll just visualise a full house. Exactly. But it's, it's almost more daunting to have, like, let's say... 30 people out of 70 sitting in the audience than full. Especially if 15 of them are looking at their phones. Yeah. Yeah. Or 15 and the others of, are asleep. Of you are looking at you being the shit one on stage. Or an elderly lady elderly lady faints. That's not good either. <laughs> Just yeah, bring it to back Picton. to episode one. Speaking of uh, promoting, last night there was an actor event, and this is mm-hmm. the Australian Academy of Cinema, TV and the Arts, of which thankfully they let me in. Uh, and I haven't been kicked out yet. How the hell? And uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the the good thing is they they they're able to um, host uh, events like this one. There's a new television series um, produced by Foxtel okay. called Lambs of God. To give you an example of how it works, you know, actor will send out you know what's on, and you can put your hand up. Sometimes it's a director. Q&A, okay. they'll take you through a few key scenes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's an event like this, you know, Fox, they'll throw on drinks. It doesn't cost you anything, so it's great as an actor. Free drink, and it's free to see. Um, and there's a Q&A at the end. Uh, we had the scriptwriter, director, uh, Jeffrey Walker, a couple of the actors as well, Essie Davis, uh, Essie Davis and Sam Reed. The, it actually goes to air on Foxtel this Sunday. Uh, for those of you who aren't in Australia, I apologise. They're going to drop all four episodes at once as well, so you can go and, and stream all at once and binge but uh, they they showed the first two episodes and it's kind of it's a story where it's really difficult to talk about because I don't want to spoil like anything I say can really okay spoil it and I don't want to do that I just want everyone to like see it and then I'll talk about it afterwards but because <laughs> it's, it's 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 really um it's confronting it's raw it's 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 interesting it's, it really is like a you could be looking at like a, a like a play, like a blank screen, and just these amazing characters coming to life. Mm-hmm. The three nuns and the priest, and and then there's there's other characters that are drawn into the story that weren't in the book uh, to help make it even more real. Okay. So you can sort of relate to it, like it's a like as Jeffrey was saying last night. You know, it's like you can you can relate to this small town, but it could be any small town. You know, you can relate to some of the the figures in it. It helps you uh, be drawn into the story even more. So it's really interesting. Another key character uh, played by Anne Dowd. For those of you who watched The Handmaid's Tale or oh, The Leftovers, is where I saw her okay. first. Just amazing, amazing actress. So that was that was fantastic to be able to get opportunities like that. I mean, you know, you've just got to get out there. Make sure that you're a part of industry subscriptions, newsletters. What does it take to be a member of? Um, what do I need to do? Sometimes it's not as hard as you think. All these opportunities are great. Some are better than others for sure, but... I find myself always coming away with something that I didn't know. And even just listening to producers chatting uh, yeah. last week in TV Talks, I mean, you know, producing a reality TV show where only really six or seven people in Australia could be, with that budget, could actually pull it off. You might think is a, is a stretch, but it's just interesting to hear the relationship between how they produce that, the relationship between the studios and the networks, oh, yeah. uh, the production team. You can always learn something i mean obviously for me with business background it's nice to learn about the business behind the scenes yeah but i think everyone should like if you want to because you know what it's like it'd be lonely game being an actor and you don't want to be that that person on the couch waiting for the phone to ring you've got to get out there and make shit happen no that 100 percent. i find that really interesting too i that's why i watch a lot on YouTube as well with yep. producers and directors Hollywood roundtables and all that the stuff. variety stuff yeah it's also great. like just watching read throughs of at the beginning of TV shows or before a pilot's shot yep. is really fun you see all these actors who've just met 
and you see them mashed together. And then there's a channel on YouTube, guy interviews really you know famous actors, questions about you know how to succeed in Hollywood or, or behind the scenes work and yeah. how did you start out and, and hearing their stories and hearing how everyone started out differently, mm-hmm. but there's so many similarities. Different paths to yeah. success, you but same sort of hard. hurdles. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, everyone's journey is slightly different but also very much connected in a sense. And it's really cool. And but- the, the journey, I mean, individual journeys, I mean, the, the, the character building, you know, they help make you hopefully better at mm. what you do. Mm, 100%. And yeah, watching behind the scenes as well of films like bloopers and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you watch that? Bloopers Actually, and- you know what? I never used to. I watched something last week about bloopers that made it into films. Yeah. When actors did something that oh, yeah. they didn't even plan to do but it was good enough to make it into the film oh like ad lib yeah the, the and most stuff. interesting one was the usual suspects have you seen that that movie no but no but i've, I've oh, heard of it you've got to go it's a, it's fantastic but there's a there's a start towards the start where you're sort of introduced to the characters as they're doing one of those um wall scenes they're all they're all holding their uh numbers against the wall oh, yeah. ready to be identified and they're calling them forward one at a time okay and um it's just this really cool scene where you see the relationship between them, mm-hmm. uh, how they're sort of not really taking it seriously. You know, they're not afraid of the law, all this sort of stuff, because they're laughing and joking. And having, well, they were supposed to be dead serious, so the director was actually yelling at them, like, you know, stop laughing, stop, you know, focus. I want to capture, you know, the, the, yeah. you know, I, I could imagine, you know, the real criminal, you know, leading in, looking tough, and yeah, yeah, and all that. But what made it so much more real was seeing the personalities behind the criminal stereotype, you know? That's cool. Because they were laughing at each other. But what happened? Benicio Del Toro Mm. was breaking wind consistently in this room, in this enclosed space, and they were all cacking. They were all laughing so much. So one stepped forward and, and they had to say this line. He'd try and say it. He'd start laughing. And they'd all start laughing. You'd see Kevin Spacey laugh. And, if and um, I could just imagine the frustration of the director when he wants it all, yeah. you know, a serious read. But uh, it, made it, it made it in. It looked really yeah. good. That's awesome. It was great. It's like, you know, the editor looking at it going, this is much Better. more interesting than the typical one yeah. we've always seen. Well, it's more real. Yeah, like you said, more mm. real. It shows the... Yeah. the Don't play the, the criminal. Play... The person whose life yeah. was affected in a way that that led them down in a criminal yeah. path. It's know? much less. It's more three. More like less two dimensional. Yes, that's yeah, it. 100%. There's depth to the character and all that cool shit. And today I've got an audition. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, no lines, no script, no lines for anyone. It's one of the. It's like a one of the gambling apps. What is it? The sports betting apps. Oh yeah. Because the there's so bet. there's so Could many in Australia. Yeah. Um, Crown bet, sports bet, oh, whatever. Oh, fan you've got some accounts have you um (laughs) but uh the benefit is well benefit for actors is they're just spending to to get market share yeah because they're all kind of the same to me it's just to a voiceover and music okay cool so i've got to practice my uh i'm a father i'm going through i'm going through a strong father phase this year it used to be all the uniforms before police army chaplain uh now you've got lawyers doctors that sort of thing yeah Father, well, it's okay. I mean, the last one I did last month was uh, a father of a 28-week-old preemie baby. Oh, I thought you said 28-year-old. I'm like, are you that old? Yeah. I've mm. had, I've had, <laughs> I mean, we talked about it before where one of my daughters was 18. I'm like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't look like she was like 15 and they wanted a 10-year-old, but 
wanted yeah. someone over a certain age to be able to work she the amount 15, of hours. They wanted a ten-year-old. Yeah. She was eighteen. Because <laughs> they basically wanted um, a ten-year-old, then changed to fifteen-year-old because they needed a okay. child to work a certain amount of hours oh, on yeah. set. Yeah, yeah. Which they can't do for under ten because yeah, the under yeah. ten was there for four hours. She, she looked 15, it was fine, but I just, you know, it was, it was fine. I got over it after a few drinks um, because, yeah, she's, my, my daughter's 18. It just made me feel really old. So, <laughs> anyway, so practice all the all the looks. Yeah. <laughs> the the surprised look, the the fatherly proud look or whatever, whatever they're looking for. I will read the brief. <laughs> They've attached the agency brief. I will read it. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Straight after the podcast. Uh, pretty much, yes, afternoon. So, something cool is coming up this week that I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, just a side note. I'm auditioning at the casting directors, uh, the, the casting agency who did the, uh, who, who were the casting agents for Lambs of God. Okay. It's a small world sometimes. I'm very small in Sydney. It's like I was there last night because I read the credits. I'm like, oh, who cast this one? Because you know what? We start to look at these things now. Yeah. What happens? I get a note literally while I'm in the cinema. Mm. to audition for a TVC for the same casting agent that I was impressed with. Because I'm like, that was amazing casting. Like when you look at it, everything was in its place. Every character was perfect. You wouldn't Mm. change anything. Uh Uh, Although I know I'm halfway through it, but it it looks good. And um, to get Anne Dowd, I mean, wow. And also Kate Mulvaney. Oh, yes. I was lucky enough to work with Kate in a scene in Fighting Season. I saw her in a in a play at Belvoir recently. Every brilliant thing. Yes, yes. And then she had to go. She, she had to part, go. She got a role with Al Pacino or something. Yes, she's in New York now, filming with Al Pacino in a TV series. Yeah. Talk about a big American break. Exactly. There but we go. yeah, no, she. So do you know her? Yeah, yeah. So she. Um, no, I'm sure she wouldn't know who the hell I am. I was in a scene. This is back one of my. I think it was my second job, mm. coming back from corporate, and I said to the agent, "I just want to do like extra work, just mm. for the first few, you know." So I turn up and I think I was supposed to be soldier number, you know, 12. Something. We're talking deep background, right? Yeah. Limbs and things. Oh, no, you look like a chaplain. I'm like, oh, okay. This is wardrobe. They start putting me into this chaplain's uniform. And, of course, being a 2010, Fighting Seasons is another Foxtel production mm-hmm. about uh, soldiers returning from Afghanistan in 2010. So period, but military. So everything had to have its place. Okay. I remember careering across the badge and emblem for an army chaplain in the mm-hmm. Australian Army to make sure everything... Because, you know, people are going to go, that's all right. And there were military advisors there to go, uh, mate, you won't hold your hat like that or you take it off to get in the car or all this sort of stuff that I wouldn't have a clue, you know. But yeah, next thing you know, okay, I'm, I'm now featured. I lead the brigadier and a lieutenant, I think it was, into the room to tell Kate that her uh, husband has passed away. I think what made it in was me walking out with her into the car. And I remember we were just doing laps uh, while I kept getting all the shots right. So we're in the car for a bit talking about favourite films and stuff. And it's great. And I knew, I, I then went on to see her adaptation of The Harp in the South. Ruth Park novel set in Sydney uh, 100 years ago. It was in two parts because it's huge. I saw the first part. I'm like, oh, my God. Emma and I just went out and got tickets for the second part straight away because we have to see this. And it was fantastic. And it was like, I mean, we're talking a lot of dialogue Mm. and a massive amount of blocking because it's two and a half to three hours for the first part, the second part. They were doing them like concurrently each week. Oh, my God. I mean, could you imagine the first uh, one we saw we were close to stage, the second one we were up. Mm-hmm. Um, and further back and what that provided us was a view of the stage and you could see all of the different coloured marks all over the stage I mean just the blocking alone 
is amazing because wow. the set was minimal, but it would have to move around in sort yeah. of modular pieces. And it was one of those really well designed, like when they turn around and the characters interact with it, it could be something else. Mm. Um, but each set piece had to have its mark and the actors have its mark. And apart from the hefty dialogue, it's like, wow. And yeah, deep wow. emotional themes and characters. Like, that, that was super impressive. So she adapted that. Great playwright and uh, great actress and um, absolutely a huge fan of Kate Mulvaney. Yeah, she's in it. She's in Lambs of God. Oh, she's great. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, funnily enough, I acted alongside her as well. Did you? Kind of. Really? A little bit. No way. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know I was going to until When I was did. this? Okay, so did, have you heard of Every Brilliant Thing? You heard, yes. You heard that? Did you see it? No. Okay, so it was a completely interactive play at Belvoir. Belvoir, as you know, does kind of avant-garde mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So it was the audience was completely around her, surrounded her, and it was interactive. So she gave, at the beginning of the production, she gave different audience members cards. And it's about every brilliant thing. So every brilliant thing about her life. So she made a list of like thousands of things. And every time she'd call out a number, she'd be like, uh, one. And then the person holding card number one would read what's on it. So that would be one part of the interactive stuff. Right. Um, but then she'd get characters down, like pick an audience member to be, because it was kind of like a flashback play into her, her yeah. childhood. And she'd be like, yeah. okay, this is her dad now. It's just an older guy from the audience or something. This was her professor. And he, he, she'd be describing her professor, no, like seeing an audience member yeah. Yeah. in the seat. And think, oh my God, you're here. And pull him up. And then, and then she got me to play her boyfriend slash husband. Okay. I was kind of reoccurring. I got up and danced with her. I had to propose to her. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> did she say yes? Did she say yes? <laughs> <laughs> she did say... The funny thing is I went with How Jess. strange. I went with Jess and she asked... She must have picked each night. She must have picked an audience member who was also there as a couple to be her right. her boy play her boyfriend okay. just for a comedic effect. And funnily enough, the character's name was Sam. No. And what she does, she she's like she's like points at so in my case, points at Jess and says, You can you just move over here? She moved Jess to a different chair, sat next to me and went, Hello, what's your name? And I say Sam. I didn't know this until I spoke to my peers later on at uni, but they say their name so someone could say like, ah, oh, Tom and she's like, ah, oh, you're Sam or whatever. Yep. But because I said Sam it kinda worked and that was really cool. But then she got me up and and when I proposed, Jess was right behind her. Oh, wow. It was the funniest thing. And she's like, can awesome. you just get me some water? Like she was talking to Jess. How it was, weird. It was hilarious. But there we go. We both kind of... Yeah, no, that's a really... And that was a really full on deep, <laughs> deep plight. Like that's... I remember oh, yeah. she said that afterwards she'd mm. walk out into the foyer to... No, everyone could see she's fine. Yeah. And she could see everyone else is okay. Yeah. So I imagine it would have been a great experience. It was it oh, was I'm really so well done. Her acting's really good. So jealous. Small world. <laughs> small small town Sydney. <laughs> Tomorrow, mm. uh the union here in Australia, the MEAA, yes. uh is doing a pilot program mm-hmm. where they can bring uh people to do, you know, Q and A's over video conferencing. Okay. The first trial's with um, casting director Nikki Barrett. Mm-hmm. And who I'll just reel off like Great Gatsby, I Am Mother, which I love. Oh, um, you watched that? Peter Rabbit, yes, twice. Good. You watched <laughs> I Am Mother twice? Yes. Oh, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, Mad Max 2, and heaps of other stuff. Yeah, wow. no, I Am Mother, I really enjoyed. That. You know that's filmed in SA? No way. It's filmed in Australia, in South Australia. It and well, it was mostly in a room, right? Yeah. It was a studio, yeah? Yeah. But it was filmed, what, a studio yeah. in, in South Australia? The, the, that's the cool. interesting thing is. 
the effects there done by uh, a firm called Weta who do heaps mm-hmm. of effects. They're based in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And in this unique situation, um, the guy who was designing the robot mother yeah. was also going to be the guy inside it. Oh, and it was going to be God. like a live uh, a oh. suit, like a character suit. Okay. Which is great because it acted. fashioned. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it worked really well because obviously there were people controlling minute things like the facial Sweet. expressions so and things. It. But he was wearing it and running in it and acting in it. He was in it. They yeah. actually did that. Yeah, oh, and, wow. and he was also the one charged with making it. So I guess he was his oh. master of his own destiny if it was uncomfortable or something. But um, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, who the f- Six oh. hours to go to the toilet. But it's like, uh, oh, geez, the, the shoulder sticking. Who designed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> how good for the actors, though? Because. Wow. Oh, you're yeah. not just talking to a green screen. The voice, though, is Rose did Byrne. They have like a no way. Rose Byrne. So actually, what happened was, yeah, with I the voice. So someone would read for uh, him because he was obviously having enough. Yeah, he's got enough to and do just moving not around Rose Byrne and getting just the right standing spot. Standing on set during the day. No, no, no she uh, was post. Yeah. So Rose Byrne was uh, voiceovering post, over, and yeah, it, yeah. it perfectly suited Mother too. It was so creepy. Wow, I didn't. Creepy. I didn't even. I haven't read up on it yet. I was going to, but Rose Byrne. Wow, cool. Awesome. So the Love actor it. was looking actors of Clara <laughs> Rugard, uh, Hilary yeah. Swank, whenever they were interacting with Mother. So the lines of Mother would be will be provided off 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 um, side of stage, mm-hmm. and then the, they'd just be absolutely interact and and literally you're looking at the facial expressions that are changing like it's all being so yeah. there's elements of C- CGI but they really complemented the story it wasn't like a huge distraction wow. from the story and I found that fascinating you're right that when you saw oh that's really old school but like the mix of old and new really brought because you don't you're not you're not thinking wow what a great effect you're thinking oh my god I'm really I'm feeling for this character yeah wow no because I when when I said that's really old fashioned I was picturing in my head oh it's gonna look like Jurassic Park and the <laughs> raptors and stuff which looked more real obviously because it especially was especially that it was 20 something years ago <laughs> yeah. 25 years ago yeah but then you said they actually did it and I, I couldn't tell I thought it was CGI and they had the uh, what's it called One tracking motion tra- tracking yeah, suits yeah you're talking uh, to a guy wearing wow. golf balls and yeah, tennis balls. Exactly. Or, or, yeah exactly or even just someone <laughs> standing there line. with like a tennis ball and then they put it in later or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, like like in Stranger Things, uh, when they're in the cave and the yeah. monster comes out, I think it was season two. Yeah. It was just the um Spoiler alert, anyone who's not with yeah. a with a <laughs> broomstick and a plastic head yeah. to get Dustin's yeah. eye line. Yeah. yeah. And then they could see you over the top. Yeah, such a powerful story. Like if you remove all effects and made it like a a stage play mm-hmm. and it was just the characters moving around on set, it'd be it'd be it'd draw it'd draw you in. But all those layers yeah were so complimentary wow. to the story. They weren't distracting at all. It was fantastic. What about really so it. all the other droids outside? Was that CGI? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. they they cloned the, the the design, right? And they yeah. put them in the suits. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of came in set. Yeah, okay, um, that makes more sense. Because it's cheaper to do Clone. that and spend all your money on <laughs> on the one suit oh, than yeah, trying definitely. to divide by. Well, actually, 50. Talking, talking about CGI, just real quick, like kind of side note. I watch these guys on YouTube, uh, the Corridor Crew or whatever, and they're visual effects artists in LA or whatever. Okay, it's really interesting. I've learned so much because they analyze films and crappy visual effects versus good visual effects. Yeah, and it's really interesting. You know the um the movie with Dwayne Johnson where he plays. The Scorpion King or whatever, that really old... Uh, no. No? <laughs> no. Cut in, you saying yes, and then we'll like... Yes. <laughs> anyway. I do remember. Yeah, famously known... <laughs> famously known as... Some famous of the worst. to everyone but me. 
yeah, yeah, fam- yeah, exactly. <laughs> known as the uh, like some of the worst CGI. Oh no! Done. Yeah, his face doesn't look like him, and all this stuff. But oh, the point oh, is, budget. you know, it's sli- it's a slightly older film, and it's interesting to realize it's like did did the visual effects artists not know as much about the human skin and how light reflects off that as or, we do or now? Did they, or and, did they want and, to? They knew, but well, they didn't yeah, have the exactly. money for it. But it was interesting. There was like fire in the background as this guy, as the Scorpion King bursts through the door, a flare, like light flare, which you get off a, you know, the lens of a camera, was behind him because it was visual effects in. But if that was real, if that was an actual actor, the flare would actually be in front of him. So what these guys did, they re-edited that whole frame and, and kind of moment and made it look more real. And lighting does so much to make... Uh, CGI and and stuff look real, right. and it was interesting to realize like o- obviously a flare, a lens flare. Hmm. You you don't you don't want the audience to be like oh there's a camera there. Yeah, no, you don't want to be this. pulled out of the story. But that lens flare makes it look more real to us, okay. which is really interesting. And what yeah. they said is to sh- to make something look real on screen doesn't necessarily mean it will look like what it would look like in real life. Right, it's what it would be real. For us, yep. if there was a camera there. Because yep. we know there's a yep. camera there. But it makes it a bit more authentic. Obviously, don't show the boom mic in the <laughs> freaking frame. But but And the guy operating all it, the flame bars yeah, in the background. Exactly. It makes it look more real. Yeah, you know, the camera yep. shakes or the yep. or the flares across, you know. Yep. But this this is the age of thing. Like CGI is a whole new world and I just I know enough to know I don't know so much about it. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, though, you can't forget a good story. You don't want to have them people walking out and going, your audience going, wow, the effects were great. You know, you really want to be drawn in story. Back to Nikki Barrett, though. <laughs> yes. Um, this is this is going to be really interesting because uh, it was oversubscribed, so some people didn't 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 get in. But basically, it's, you're dialing into the video mm-hmm. conferencing, and she's going to be there chatting away, and yeah. then you can you know input your yes. write in your questions, and they may or may not get answered. But I just think. First of all, to my point earlier, like just getting out there, like mm. it, it's free, really informative for actors. I mean, anytime you want to get in the headspace of a successful casting director, I think it's going to be beneficial. Mm. I don't know if I'm the sort of person that would pay, you know, 400 bucks to do a workshop so I can present a scene to one, but this is a great idea of how to get into that. Yeah. Along with other events like the actor events and even available to everyone, like mm. the Cremorne Orpheum, there's a theatre here in Sydney that's, that's head, held a strong independent theatre. It's been there for years, still Art Deco designed and it's been refurbished really well. And I think they've held some great Q&As, hearing from the likes of Kate Blanchett after cool. the Australian premiere of Blue Jasmine, Jeffrey Rush, John Cleese after the premiere of his uh, movie Spud. Uh, there's just like so many great actors and directors as well, like Fred Shepersey. I mean, I can go on over the years just by simply subscribing to their newsletter, clicking as soon as I see something interesting, a special event. Sometimes it's a great movie and it's a great Q&A. Sometimes the Q&A is better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sometimes the Q&A surprises you and goes in a different direction because, you know, this isn't a press event. Mm. It's just members of the audience asking after a, a bit of a Q&A from, uh, right. from someone interviewing. It's the, it was the cost of a normal movie ticket. And I remember we went to see Blue Jasmine uh, we were parking and uh, by the time we found one we're like miles away it was about to start we were worried we we're going to miss it so we're, we're hurrying up the path we're going in the back door and there's the press all lined up on one wall and Kate Blanchett walks past us and starts doing interviews and I'm like oh, oh okay so Q Maxi <laughs> stepping forward with his with his uh, phone to take a photo of Kate Kate looks up 
nice photo because you know everyone everyone's very polite they all know their place and their rank yeah, in yeah. the press right uh, so they're all very static, waiting for it to move down the line, and then this hand just comes comes through them and takes this awkward sort of oh my God. paper chair. And then and then it kind of I put my phone in my pocket. And I'm just standing there going, oh, oh wow, it's Kate. Oh wow, oh wow, it's yeah. Kate. And and I get a little tap on the shoulder from security, like, okay, time to move on now. So I'm like, okay, time to move on. All right. I had a similar thing with uh, Matt Damon once. You know how they have the movie premieres at, at Hoyts? Yes. Uh, yeah, he arrived two black Land Rovers. Just he got out at one of them. <laughs> As you do. There, and I'm like, oh my! It's just it's surreal because they look like them. Mm, They're not like mm. CGI'd. Yeah, <laughs> that's them. That's them, right? Very much it's the glamorous celebrity. Yeah. The funniest moment though was uh, Alan Rickman. Of course, we remember him from Die Hard and uh, mm. those amazing movies. Uh, he was there to do a Q and A on a movie that he'd he'd uh, directed and starred in. Again, we found ourselves parking. We were literally at the back, and you could see the black SUV, two cars in front, pulled to a stop. Yeah. The doors open. He steps out. I'm like, oh my god, that's Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. The car in front's got no idea what's going on. She's on the horn. You know, get out of the way. He turns around and just just go. <laughs> No. What are you doing? You know, just what are you doing? I'm pissing myself, right? <laughs> Again, this this woman's going ape in the car because who is this SUV just stopping in the middle of the road? You know. Oh God. And Alan Rickman just giving her heaps in his full, you know. Oh no. Com- comedic character mode. It's funny. It's oh. just hilarious like that. But just the moral of the story: get out there, get off the couch, support uh, cinema, support these movies that you really like. Go buy a ticket. Stay connected to special events, especially the free ones as an actor. Yeah. It's exactly. a great way to learn from people who are actually achieving success in the industry. It's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Well, talking about meeting celebrities, I was at a premiere of Snow White and the Huntsman. Vern Troyer, who plays Mini-Me in Austin Powers and a oh, yeah? bunch of other stuff. I'm sitting there in the cinema on the aisle seat. Yeah. They're doing some interviews at the front, like Chris Hemsworth's there, uh, Kristen Stewart's there. Vern Troyer comes in on the shoulders of... This big dude is probably his bodyguard <laughs> and he's just on the shoulders of this guy That's and hilarious. he's walking down but like big as in like tall like six it foot beats something Matt Damon coming in a Land Rover yeah oh 100% <laughs> <laughs> this guy this bodyguard picks him up off his shoulders and plops him down in the, his cinema seat and then hands him a beer way to travel <laughs> he's just saying, and I'm just like everybody needs a bodyguard like that yeah Matt Damon needs one and uh, be in the shoulders of desperately <laughs> yeah 100% because <laughs> <laughs> he's not much taller I believe than, uh, <laughs> than well yeah I, I... <laughs> uh, talking about agents real quick yeah go agents on. agents are very important as we know in this industry um, I mean especially when they're good yeah exactly and you can't <laughs> You can't get too far without an agent. Then again, Bill Murray has apparently never had an agent in his life. Wow. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, because they, they, you know, they've got the connections. They help you get through. They do all the hard well, work I mean, for he you. Had a, he, before movies, like, he had a great profile on Saturday Night Live and, and as, a, as yeah. a comedian and that. that and was he would have just auditioned so, for that. And yeah. Jess had a <laughs> had an interview with an agent the other day, which okay. went really well and everything. Is she represented at the moment? moment no she's trying to get represented i was gonna um, say because that would change whether i broadcast this or not because <laughs> we'll just cut out that question <laughs> um just your current agent now knows no um, yeah, yeah um <laughs> no she okay. no yeah no I, i've given her a list and she's she's trying uh-huh. really hard and she's she's a she's gonna get represented she's amazing great um but she's at the moment trying to find one because that's the hardest part of an actor's career is getting an agent yeah anyway went for an audition with uh sorry an interview with this agent that 
probably should not be named just because okay. they're not even on the MEAA agents list, which is the, the union yep. in Australia. This agent wasn't on this list yep. and felt dodgy for her. Like it felt good, but then they asked her to pay Money for front. F- photos. And she just got new headshots. They're really cool as well. Really good headshots. So Kate, shout out to Kate Williams yep. photography. She's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they asked her to pay for photos and it's just odd because they they then say cancel within 24 hours for the photo shoot of these new photos um, if you don't want to be charged a fee. They offered her, they were like, do you want to come in tomorrow? Which is less than 24 hours. And I'm... So yeah. I'm like, uh, uh, it is. It is a big red flag. It is a big when red flag. people are trying to make money, at, um, oh, yeah. out of an actor rather than from it's, their work. And yeah. I, I know. Uh, I think I'll go into. It's an important topic, and I'll go into more depth at a later podcast mm-hmm. because I've got plenty of experience mm-hmm. having lived on the Gold Coast for five years, which has a really big transient population so everyone's moving through so all the dodgy operators don't even have to leave town they can stay there and just get fresh meat every year and there were so many that were so dodgy in so many ways so i think you bring up a great point and especially if you're new and you don't know where to start it can be quite daunting anyway i think let's let's spend some time and go into some depth later yeah about about what do you what what, how did we find representation Mm -hmm. You've been listening to Max and Sam, two unemployed actors. Follow us on social. Check us out on YouTube. Keep subscribing on your favourite platforms so that mm-hmm. you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next week. See ya. Two unemployed actors.